Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 111. Hello, welcome back, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us today. Sandy is with us as usual again. Hi, Sandy. Still here, still hanging around. Yeah. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing very good. I'm getting a little stir crazy. We are still sort of quote unquote locked indoors. So, um, so not enjoying that a whole heck of a lot, but just making the best use of the time that I can with uh, what we've got here. A lot of spare time and doing a lot of work around here, which probably would have taken, well, Probably would be done by now because I would have had somebody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I've been doing a lot of stuff at home and I've been like, wow, this is, this is really productive. Although maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it could have got other people to do it a heck of a lot fa faster and maybe better. Yeah, I know what you mean. On the other side, I probably would have been out spending money, you know, instead. So I don't know. We'll see. There's pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning. More, more practical stuff. Yeah. So that's good. Um, what about you? How are you keeping busy? I've uh, been pretty busy. You know what? Lots of virtual stuff, virtual meetings, virtual, like a lot of just tweaks to make to things. So um, in our real estate business, investment business, all that stuff, there's a lot of, a lot of different challenges coming up for sure, which maybe we can get into today with construction wise. I know we've had some things there that slowed down and um, a lot of different aspects are changing. Maybe for the, maybe for the long term in some ways, right? Uh, there's a lot of efficiencies I think that have come with this as well. So we'll see what that looks like uh, in a few months when we're back to normal, I think. Um, yeah, it could be. I think there's going to be a lot of permanent changes. I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but it's, it's going to be somewhat different than it was before. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, everyone should go over to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. There you can download our free gift, which is called what, Sandy? the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And uh, it's a report there that uh, we go into the strategy that we both utilize a lot and a little bit of the uh, details around that. And you can get that for free. You can also get on our email list, which will help you stay alert to what's going on uh, with us and our new episodes as they come out, our live events, our uh, some of our local business stuff and events that we're doing around that. Do a lot of education events. So don't miss a beat. Go jump on that and get on our list. Yeah, and everyone should, of course, go over to iTunes and subscribe to this show. Um, and there you can leave a comment or a suggestion or whatever it is, a review uh, for the show and tell us what you think. So everyone go over and do that. There you go. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you want to hear. We've been, we've been for the most part, doing a good job. I think of bringing on guests that uh, people have reached out about. Um, you know, we've, we've got someone today standing by that we're going to dive no into today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Today we have James Kennedy with us. James, welcome. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Really good. Really good. Thanks for being here. Awesome. 
So James is an investor for eight plus years. He got to start in the construction world as a carpenter uh, and leveraged that knowledge into a career in real estate. And he's a co-founder of Mark Ken Investments, which we're going to find out a lot more about today and uh, learn more about his journey into where he is today, eight, eight plus years down the road. So welcome again to the show, James. Happy to have you here. Awesome. Glad to be here, guys. So James, let's start out the same way we do with everybody. Just tell us a little bit about your journey as an, uh, as an investor so far. Sure. Yeah. Maybe I'll start off kind of how I got interested in real estate. I, I was always fascinated with construction and building structures and whatnot. And, and um, that was early on way before I was even interested in becoming a carpenter. Um, but when I was a young kid, my dad got me this book and it was Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Not sure if you guys have heard of it or not. I've actually it's, never heard of that one. Have you yeah, it's, I don't know, it resonated with me, right? Um, it changed my outlook on, on money, on how to value money, it, outlook on life. And, you know, ultimately my mindset with, with how I'm going to proceed in, in life, right? So that really changed kind of my view of my values. And then, you know, as I started becoming a carpenter and working on these structures of real estate, I kind of understood the value of what I was working on. Uh, so mixed with that, I, I kind of decided, Hey, I needed to get into this real estate kind of business, but I knew I couldn't do it on my own. So I teamed up with my, with one of my good friends, Xavier, uh, now we operate this company called Market Investments. But at the time, we didn't know much. We didn't know what strategies it involved with real estate. All we knew is we wanted to get into it. Uh, so we, we decided to do a rental property. And all we needed to know was that the income super exceeded the expenses. That's all we kind of knew before we, we, we made the leap. Right. So from that point forward, we kind of never looked back, but it was, you know, it's still a constant grind and, and um, that's kind of how we got into real estate. So a uh, quick question, how old were you when your dad gave you the book? Just out of curiosity. I was probably maybe 10. 10. So this 10? is a book oh, that a 10 year old can read. I should buy it from my kids is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a 10 year old, you know, level, but it, it definitely, essentially, I don't know if you guys heard of the latte factor. No, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. So basically it's like, yeah, if you buy, book. yeah, it's like, if you buy a latte every day, that like $4 a day for the year, that's a significant amount of money. If you were to go without that latte for the day and bank it, you know, you could use that money and invest it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of, tells you how to save money and then use that money. Okay. No, it's just interesting when people get started so early. So it's nice to hear you had a dad who was reading those kind of books too. I'm sure that doesn't hurt um, to grow up in that atmosphere as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I contribute a lot of my, of my, what I've done for my dad. Well, learning the financial stuff early, Rob, is nothing wrong with that. I think you yeah. should. I think you should sh show your kids a few of those books. At the very least, I could read it to them, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's talk about your strategy of choice. What do you? What kind of investments do you like to look at? We kind of like to focus on what we know, and 
we don't really like to stray too far away from that. Um, we would like to, but we just need to get educated on those other types of strategies. So the strategy that we like to just focus on, because we kind of know the ins and outs of it, is the, the legal two unit property. So we buy a single family home and we'll convert it to a, a legal two unit property. Okay. And so when, is that how you started out? Same thing or you bought something? What the first, first yeah, the, the first property was in Pickering and it actually was already a legal two unit property. It didn't have, it was a shared laundry. It only had tandem parking spaces. It was, it was, it was legalized by the city, like way before current building code. So, you know, there wasn't any fireproofing, anything in there, but, um, we we separated the laundry we put in more parking spaces we never did the fireproofing because it was already legalized but that's kind of we, we we knew the value of two units from the beginning versus one what got you to jump in and take action on that what was the a lot of people struggle on the first one getting over the hump what was something that triggered you to actually feel confident to go ahead yeah like you know um I thought I was going to throw up when we made that decision, but, um, you know, I managed to hold it in there. Um, it, it, it was just, it was just, we kept running numbers, running numbers, running numbers. And, and we realized, Hey, you know, there's so much income coming in. And if we were really conservative on our expenses, there's a, there's a profit. So it's like, why? And, and then the value of the houses should be going up and the mortgages should, should be going down. So they're, they're, you know, we just kept coming to the same conclusion of, of why shouldn't we do this? Why shouldn't we do this? And it was just, we have to do it. If we, if we want to start, we have to do it. And did you have people in your world telling you you were crazy or an idiot or, yeah. um, you know, don't do it. Like, did you have those people around you or, or was, uh, was everyone all on board and ready to support you through it? Yeah, that's usually the case. Everyone's right with you. <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. Like it, it was, it was probably like a, a three year um, process before we even took the leap on our first rental property. So during that three years, we would tell people kind of what our plan is, um, where, where we want to go. And people just looked at, at us with like two heads. We thought we were crazy, you know, it's too risky, you know, so we did get a lot of negativity. And you, like yourself, you knew, I mean, you knew construction and you knew, you knew how to handle issues as they come up, right? You're, you, you had a little more, probably, probably a little more knowledge around that stuff than most going in. At, I, yeah, I, at, that, at that time, you know, I was still an apprentice at that time. So I didn't have, you know, a crazy amount of, of knowledge in terms of uh, house construction, but, you know, it was, I guess, a little bit more than the average person at that time. So let's go more into the challenges and that I'm sure you faced. You touched on them there. What, what are some other challenges that you found starting out and how did you overcome them? Yeah, starting out, definitely, I think with, with everybody, it's going to be lack of money, uh, financing, you know, like what type of mortgages you, you got to go with, it, even if you're getting approved for them or not. Um, but, but definitely one of the biggest challenges that stand out in my mind was bad tenant selection. And so when you say bad tenant selection, like, I guess you have a story that goes along with that. You must have a story that goes. Yeah. We were, we were so worried about, um, when, when we, when we bought the property and we kind of did a little quick reno, we didn't 
did the we don't we didn't do the full rental that we would do now but we did a quick little rental to get it rent ready and when that time came we were so worried about getting somebody in there and start paying rent that basically whoever applied first we just said yes you got it but these these people ended up smoking in the house uh they didn't treat it that well um and and she smoked so much in that basement that we needed to ozone machine it for like three days constant do a whole paint job when she left just to you know get the smell down a little bit more and then ozone it again paint again we managed to solve that but uh the upstairs tenant they were very very unorganized when when it came to a tenant turnover and the new tenant was coming they were supposed to be gone and we showed up and nothing was moved in their house or inside their unit we had to bring everything out on the front lawn and help them move out <laughs> so so when that's going on in the basement because like we're talking about the first place right there was already a duplex you did a little reno yeah. you put people in um did the people upstairs not complain about the smoking they, you know, surprisingly, they didn't. They really? smoked themselves. They smoked themselves. Oh, they just smoked inside too, is what you're saying. You know, he he was a porch smoker. He liked to smoke on his on the porch, right? But I don't think he he. They never brought those concerns up to us at the time. You know what's funny and and good, I guess, is at least for me, I'm finding less and less um people are, are actually smoking in the units now i don't know yeah. if that's the case for everybody if, if they're finding that too but i just find that um i don't know maybe we're in a generation now that are looking for apartments that for the most part aren't smoking anymore i don't know what it is but they're uh, vaping it's all vaping there you go yeah. <laughs> could be could you're be. right no you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean look as far as that goes i'll take somebody that's doing that over for sure it smells actually kind of nice it's like a, some incense almost <laughs> get all kinds of different flavors in there yeah um so now you were talking about financing so did you guys have some issues with financing and how did you overcome those issues we didn't have any issues getting approved for financing um it 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 wasn't necessarily really a challenge it was more so I guess a bit of a fear, like, are we in the right product? Are we doing the right, are we locking ourselves up with the right, uh, you know, the right mortgage? Yeah. And I guess um, that is one of those things when you first start, you don't really know, but I mean, yeah, depending on, yeah, depending on what you're doing with that property, there's all kinds of different products out there to choose from. And you've got to know, I guess what the right one is. And so that's, I guess, part of what the power team is all about, you know, finding yeah. that. There's a lot of that, a lot of the unknown, right. Especially yeah. financial stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like people don't, they just, you're just not going to know. You're, you just, you have to almost get, just get comfortable with not knowing and not knowing for sure, at least, but moving ahead regardless. So they didn't damage the unit or anything. It was more just the smoking of the cigarettes and whatnot. Yeah, smoking the cigarettes. Um, we had a few tenants punch a couple wall, a couple, couple holes in the wall. Um, but you know, I at the time I was younger, eager, didn't care about going in there and fixing up some patches when those times came. But nowadays I will. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, any other challenges that you had starting out? I guess you're more like it's it's almost like you're saying mindset really is the bit yeah, one of the kind of went yeah we kind of went into it with with you know it's gonna be a lot of work um you know because we did all the work ourselves so we kind of just just went into it head on and and whatever came up we just dealt with it I don't, like it's tough to distinguish what a challenge is now what but i'm sure we were challenging with a bunch of you know factors going through that process but the ones that that stood out was definitely the tenant selection yeah and i think it is a lot of just the weight of all of those things really combined when you're first starting out which mm -hmm. which is you know overwhelming at times i suppose and then at some point you've just got to say okay I know I'm making the right decision with real estate investing. Like maybe if I, if I looked for another six months or year or whatever, maybe I could find a better deal than this one. But you know, at some point you just got to say, this is the one and I'm ready to like start. Not going to be the last one. It's going to be the first right. one. Exactly. Right? What do they say? Analysis paralysis, right? So if, if, if you don't make the jump, how do you know if you're, if you're doing things right or not? Yeah. You got to take leap, leap at some point and you, you can, uh, you can wait around forever, right? Eventually you just got to jump in on something and, and you'll learn if it was the right one or not. And nice thing is you can always sell or, or buy or do whatever. It's not like you're married to it for life. That's right. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, somebody's probably bought some money pit. Well, they'll disagree with me, but I mean, I don't think, you'll find many people that say that their first purchase, they, that they shouldn't have done it, that they wish they had done something else. They probably oh, maybe yeah. would do it differently now, but they wouldn't have been angry for it probably, right? They wouldn't change it though, you yeah. know? I'll uh, tell you that first purchase is by far the most, the, the biggest investment for us. It made us the most money. Okay, gotcha. By is yeah. that because the timing or what was, what was that? What was really the key there? Yeah, I guess, it, I guess it was timing. It was, we bought it in Pickering, um, back in 2012, I believe. Right. Uh, or 2011. But, um, yeah, so we kind of benefited from the, the little spike in the real estate market there, but we held on to it for quite some time. So the mortgage went down a significant amount and, it was, we, I don't think we ever had a vacancy in there. Mm -hmm. Well, what are we going to talk about next? Renos, right? Like that's, yeah, let's move on to Renos. So Renos, as far as you're concerned, what should people go for? Um, what have you learned over your career with that? And uh, what are some big things that people need to know about going into renovations? Yeah. Um, to date, I haven't done a rental the exact same as another rental. Um, so, you know, each rental is different, but I guess it depends on what type of strategy you're trying to achieve. So if, if you're trying to do a two unit property, you're, you're going to want to look out for things. Do you have, um, like a sufficient, um, electrical panel, you're going to need 200 amp electrical panel. You're going to need proper egress, you know, for windows and for a second entrance, you might need to possibly put in a second entrance there. Uh, you're going to need your proper head height under ducts and beams. You're going to need to know 
you know, where you, if you are going to separate the laundry, where are you going to throw that laundry? Um, you know, what's the condition of the roof? What's the condition of the foundation? You know, is there any weird smells? And then parking, is there, is there enough parking? Um, you know, e even, even today I, I would, you know, having more eyes on the job or on the, on the rental project is, is better than just having your own too. Uh, so it's always good to have other people's feedback also. So I guess what you're saying is the more versed you are at knowing what you're looking for based on what your strategy is, then probably the easier it's going to be to get it done. Like, cause I, I see what you're saying. So like, for example, since you've done so many uh, second unit properties, you know, to go in there and look for those things that you mentioned specifically and see if they're sort of up to code. And if not, then assign, you know, a price to that, exactly. that work being done. Exactly. Right? As well as everything else that needs to go on in there. But yeah, there are certain things where depending on what you're doing, if you can save something somewhere, like already have it ready to go. Uh, I, I often refer to that as sort of working it into the mortgage rather than it being a capital expense, right? Something yeah. that is already there. You know? Yeah. So those are all, always good things to look for. 100%. Yeah, it never hurts to have your 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 trades come through, right? Like I'm not an electrician, I'm not a plumber, so I always like to have those those uh, trades come through when I go through, so we can kind of just talk things out as a group, right? So I know we talked about big challenges. I'm going to go back to that one though. As far as renovations go, what kind of challenges have you run into there? Um, so on on another conversion of ours in Oshawa, we were we were. Um, doing a full second suite uh, legalization there and there was a cold cellar. So one of the one, one day I was just working, you know, in the lower unit and I could hear just like a whole bunch of water just kind of trickling. And I went into the cold cellar, it was pouring outside and it literally was like, I don't know if you, it, it, it's kind of like from Vegas vacation when they're walking through the dam and there's water coming through and he's trying to plug it with the, with the bubble gum. Uh, so literally water was just spewing through the wall. And so that, that was definitely not budgeted in our budget. So we had to do, you know, a pretty big waterproofing job on the outside there. Um, furnaces breaking down during the winter, those, th that kind of sucks um, during a renovation as well. Well, let's talk about the waterproofing then, because I went through something very, very similar to that in, I think it was the first place that I ever uh, did a basement suite in, but that can seem like the end of the world um, uh, to somebody who, you know, has made up this budget, they've got it, all, everything all laid out, you know, and, uh, and now here's this unforeseen cost. So did that yeah. just destroy your project or what happened with that? <laughs> It, yeah, it definitely, you know, it's, it was definitely a curveball. Um, did it destroy the pro the project? No, it just ate into the profits a little bit more than you, you would like. Uh, but, but the idea here is you're holding on to these properties, right? So you're going to be able to ride that, that cost out in the long run. And in the end, you are adding value to the house and protecting it by doing what, what has to get done. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, 
on another on another project of ours we we literally just finished everything the whole renovation everything and then when the the tenant in the lower unit moved in uh after a big rainfall there was water in the basement but but during the whole renovation when it was everything was exposed and there was even raining outside everything like that it would there was no water coming inside so it's you know you never you never really know when these when these things are going to hit you you got something I, go, I was i was i was wondering if we're moving on or not i was going to go to the pandemic discussion you, my friend what's that that's up to you <laughs> I think I was going to go to pandemic discussion and see what I, I know. We, it's only one, one short little topic, but it's a big topic, obviously with what's going on. And um, yeah. I don't know, maybe we can all comment a bit on this one, I think, but what, what's going on in your real estate business with what's happening in the world right now being here towards the end of April in 2020. You know, at, at the beginning, when we first heard about all this, uh, you know, I don't know how you guys were feeling, but I was, I was a little worried. I didn't know, you know, how April, what were you worried about mainly? What was the main things? Sorry. What, what were like some of the main things you were worried about? I'm sure a lot of people would relate. Yeah, to Yeah, like if they were gonna pay rent on, on for April and you know moving forward on that. Uh, but you know, luckily we 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 communicated with our tenants just to make sure that they were all on board and and how you know if they needed help with anything like that. But April came around, they all paid up. May seems to be uh, you know looking pretty good, but I think we're going to have to take it on a month to month basis here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're still pretty early on. And, and quite frankly, I mean, I, I, I have just recently become a little more optimistic about the situation. I'm seeing a lot of news that's sort of steering us into a, uh, a plan to reopen kind of thing. Um, a lot more countries are starting to do that. So um, regardless of whenever you are listening to this, I do believe there'll be like some kind of residue from what's happening now and, uh, and stuff that we can learn from, especially to sort of reinforce our real estate business and, and, uh, and, and tighten up our ships, I guess. Right. So, um, so did you do any mortgage deferrals or anything like that? I know a lot of people, I guess you, you don't really have to, I guess if everyone's paying, but some people are sort of taking this as a, <laughs> let me rope you into talking <laughs> too much. No, have you done anything like that? Are you thinking of stuff like that? We haven't yet. Cause I'm, I'm a little uncertain on if, if it's a good idea or, or not. I don't, I don't know how they're, they're necessarily calculating the, the interest amount. Um, that you're deferring. Uh, but I, I think we're, you know, if, if we can make the payment, we're going to make the payment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done the same thing too. I actually, I called the bank to ask them about it. This is kind of funny. So I called um, and just started asking questions. And then I had a back and forth with somebody um, at the bank and I was asking them questions, right? Not, I didn't sign anything even. And then a couple of days later, I got this email saying, okay, both of your mortgages are deferred now. And I was like, what? Wait, I, I, like, how can they do that without me signing any paperwork or anything? I'm just asking questions. So I called them back right away, you know, because I'm asking questions like, is this going to affect my future purchases? I want to make sure that it's not. So uh, in any case, I'm sort of in the same boat as you where I haven't, 
really had any tenants not paying. So it just made more sense to just call and say, you know what, let's just put it back the way it was. You know, I never even really said, let's go ahead with it in the first place. So that was sort of interesting and, and threw me off a bit, but uh, I don't know what other people are finding, but it they, seemed awfully they easy. The was, they did that? the same to us. They deferred ours and we didn't ask them to do that. That's odd. That's pretty odd. That's wild. Wow. So they did the same thing to you and you had to call them back and tell them. To don't reverse it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Scotia. Same with me. Yeah. Anyone's at Scotia, give them a call. I'm sure it'll, 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 uh, if you need. We it, deferred a lot of ours. We deferred a lot of ours, the rental ones. Oh, the ones that we had no plan. The ones that we had no plans of doing anything to the mortgage this year or in the next couple of years around. Like we didn't care if it extended. Um, we did a, we, we did a bunch of them because it just, I don't know, why not take the opportunity, build up a bit of cash flow. I, I'm not concerned about this month or next month for me, for us, it was, and I agree, it's kind of getting towards, we can kind of see the light maybe at the end of the tunnel a little bit here. The novelty seems to have worn off in general, but we were like, how long is this going to last? If this lasts eight months, you know, what does that look like? I don't know. I'd yeah. rather have, I'd rather get, the, I'd rather have tenants paying today and stockpile a bit of, you know, bit of a float there just in case mm -hmm. and, and what not about, have to what about like how do you guys look at it as far as it affecting your ability to for future purchases on deferring yeah because it's I'm, hard to say right nobody knows exactly is for what, what the answers of what i've been told were so it's hard to make decisions around that when when they're hearing that i think in my mind i'm just thinking look if you're gonna if you're gonna if a bank's going to look at that as a negative on people, there's a massively big list of people that are going to be affected by that. I just couldn't really fathom them looking down at that as a negative in, in, you know, opportunities and decisions to come with people, I given see. the fact that I don't know the numbers offhand, but I know there's a large percentage of the population had been deferring. Right. Um, One of the main reasons for me is I've got, I've still got to sign this. I just got it yesterday. Um, but approval for my most recent purchase, right? So, um, you know, one, they, the one thing to be cognizant of is the refinance. Like, if you're going to refinance this year or you're going to do anything like that this year on a mortgage, then I would definitely be taking some, I probably wouldn't be referring in that case. Well, they even said to me, you know, make sure that because I had to call them back and make sure that the payments all went through and that there wasn't like, I think there was two or three days there where the deferral was actually in effect. And I had to call them back to when we were looking at this new mortgage and just make sure that there was no missed payments in that time. So I, I do believe if you are going to be moving forward and trying to qualify for other properties anytime in the, in the near future, anyways, at least make sure you understand how that deferral is going to affect you. Mm -hmm. in that kind of a circumstance. I know as far as the rental things go, there was, we had a 10% uptick in non-payment of rent last month. Not, mm -hmm. not just in our properties across the management properties and stuff. So it was uh, not that. And that was, that was um, before the 15th and it was down to like 2% increase as of the 15th of the month. So once people got a lot of those emergency, emergency payments, they seemed to catch up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a big hit, right? Really, at the end of the day, it was very marginal increase 
on well, uh, from the tenant landlord's perspective, at least. For rent is completely different than deferral for a mortgage too, because yeah. you know you've just got to take whatever payments that the tenant misses and and make a plan to make it up over a certain amount of time. And I mean, you're not going to do it over two years or anything like that. So let's say, let's say it's over a year and they've missed three payments. Like that is going to be awfully stressful when they're able to start making the payments again. So I think most people are realizing it's in their best interest to just, if they can pull it together to make sure that they do. I think one of the biggest things out of this on that, on that front was just hammering home the importance of communication with, whether it's you or the property manager or whoever is doing that role in your uh, on your team, it's just communication over communication in most parts with uh, tenants, right? And just being aware of what's going on a little bit in their world and helping when you can, um, you know, laying down the law when you can or when you need to, and just having communication, right? Just not treating them like, you know, just a a thing that's doing nothing for you. That's just in your unit, like treat them like a human and come to some resolutions. Here, here. Yeah. I like that. And I mean, even the ones I did find that the tenants that didn't pay weren't like, Hey, you know, the government's told us not to pay you. So that's why I'm not doing it. It's like, I, I think I got partial payments from everybody who, who didn't like, I didn't have any just complete, zero payments i had um i think two yeah two uh half payments and it was and it was always like you know what we're really sorry we're going through a hard time we're gonna have to figure this out but here's what we can do right now and since then one of them's uh com- like paid the rest so it has been i think challenging for everybody but people are doing the best they can and and I think most people have a good attitude and are generally trying to be good and not sort of uh, mess themselves up for the future because the same as what I was talking about with the, with this mortgage, you know, that kind of thing can sort of mess people up for purchasing a house down the road and, and all kinds of things. So um, it's different times anyways, but we are getting through them. James, what motivates you? What keeps you onto a more optimistic and exciting topic for your maybe? What motivates you and uh, to keep going and uh, power through pandemics and things like this to keep your real estate business growing? Yeah, um, right now, currently, I would say my motivation is my wife and my two kids. Uh, that's what gets me up every day. That's what gets me moving and looking at the end game here. Uh, you know, I just wanna I wanna make sure I can provide for them and set something up for for the future for them. Right. And, and what inspires me is, is looking at other like-minded people achieving their goals and, and, uh, and just seeing them do it shows and proves that it's actually possible to do something. So where are you running into the people that are like-minded? The, so, you know, I go to um, a, a real estate investing club in Durham you may have heard of it, Durham REI. Uh, you know, I, I joined that group around the same time, 2012, 2013. Um, and, you know, I've learned so much stuff there. It's, it's tremendous. Like we've taken landlording courses, uh, strategy courses. There's so much you can learn at a real estate investing club it, it, to propel your business forward. It, it's, it's priceless, to be honest. And yeah, like, I mean, so speaking of that, I think we all met there, right? Sandy, me and you all met there 
right yeah. around the same time. Yeah. That's where we all got our start. So, I mean, hey, we're, we're, we would definitely all agree with you on that. What was the year you said there? 2013? Uh, I'm just guessing. I'm throwing 2012, it out. 2013? Yeah. 2012, okay. 2013, probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've taken all those courses too. And I think that the big thing is like, you will meet like-minded people there. And when you talked about the courses and things that you've taken through that, I think that's sort of, um, that's going to be special to that group. Cause I'm not sure. I mean, I guess if you join rain and stuff, you can definitely find some educational programs and things like that. But I think the majority of the uh, real estate groups don't have that kind of an educational system as that one does. So I would say that's pretty important too. look for something like that. Look for some uh, extra, extra education through these clubs. I think the biggest thing is, is all, the education is huge <clears throat> and it's the network you build though, really is probably even more important. I, I would, I would argue just on, you know, outside of the course, now that you're outside of it, you got the education, great. And you also need to lean on those people you meet <clears throat> here and there as part of your power team, which we always talk about, right? Yeah. What's going on for the future? Where's your business going uh, for the next little while? What are you focusing on? Yeah, we're just, uh, we're just going to continue to grind it out. We, you know, we have our goals set in the future that we, we want to have enough properties or doors to generate enough cash flow that can cover, uh, you know, our needs. And, you know, how we get there might not necessarily be a straight path. We might have to go, you know, over hurdles and, and go left, right, zigzag all the way there. But, um, you know, if we, if we stay the track, stay the course, we will get there. So we, we definitely want to get to that point where we have enough cash flow coming in to cover our needs and then, then get to the point of starting to create generational wealth right? That we can keep passing down from generation to generation. It's great. I think that starts with your first property. So (laughs) you've already achieved it in some way. Yeah. Uh, All it takes is one. Well, that Uh, one's going to be, I don't know. I I don't know. That's probably worth getting close to maybe not a million, but it's getting up there at this point. Right. And that's, that's only going to double, triple over the next decade, decades. Yeah. (laughs) going to be a lot of wealth built up from just one property yeah yeah i know and you can make it exponentially right that's where the power comes in james what is the biggest piece of advice that you can give to somebody starting out i would say you know don't let others get you down um get as educated as possible before you start but ultimately you got to take that that leap you gotta you gotta take action you have to you you got to get into it it's you know how can you learn how to swim without trying to swim right you can't just read a book on swimming and then all of a sudden know how to swim right so i would say just start don't uh don't waste too much time there's no better day than yesterday yeah i like that analogy it's like uh yeah you can read a book on karate but it doesn't make you uh, it doesn't give you your black belt that's a good point I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Um, uh, now, you guys, do you guys work with partners, right? We've, we haven't really mentioned that. We, yeah, we, we have currently, um, we kind of sold off uh, some properties that we have with JV partners, um, but, but we do. We, we, we have some JV partners that we are looking for. 
So if anyone's interested in uh, doing some second suites with James, how would they get in touch with you? You can call me at 905-550-1115, or you can email me at james.kennedy at gmail.com. Great. And all that info will be in the cool. show notes. James, thanks for sharing all this with us today. Appreciate right on, yeah. time for us. Thanks a lot. Right, for thanks. Um, so Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, 289-389-6846 or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. You can reach me at Rob at MrBreakthrough.ca. So thanks everyone for listening again. And James, again, uh, I just appreciate all the stuff you've shared. I, I mean, it is funny how common the, the nuggets are like the nuggets are always get your power team, get your mind straight and get around people that you can learn from. So, I mean, these are things I think are going to be constant for everybody listening. And so, and, and take action, of course, the biggest one. So, uh, you know, that's what I gained out of what you've told us today anyways. So I think everyone else should too. So, uh, thanks again. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too. Next time.